Hey all, and welcome to ChapterWise, where I take public domain or other authorized use works of fiction and narrate them for you one chapter at a time. If you like what you hear, please follow my channel. If you love what you hear, please consider supporting my channel. I try to upload new chapters three or four times a week. The Memoirs of Fanny Hill by John Cleland Originally published in 1749 And now Emily's partner had taken her out for her share in the dance when this transcendently fair and sweet-tempered creature readily stood up and if a complexion to put the rose and lily out of countenance, extreme pretty features and that florid health and bloom for which the country girls are so lovely might pass her for a beauty, this she certainly was, and one of the most striking of the fair ones. Her gallant began first as she stood to disengage her breasts and restore them to the liberty of nature from the easy confinement of no more than a pair of jumps. But on their coming out to view, we thought a new light was added to the room, so superiorly shining was their whiteness. Then they rose in so happy a swell as to compose her a well-horned fullness of bosom, that had such an effect on the eye as to seem flash-hardened into marble, of which it emulated the polished gloss, and far surpassed even the whitest in the life and luster of its colors, white-veined with blue." Who could refrain from such provoking enticements in reach? He touched her breasts, first lightly when the glossy smoothness of the skin eluded his hand and made it slip along the surface. He pressed them, and the springy flesh that filled them, thus pitted by force, rose again reboundingly with his hand, and on the instant defaced the pressure. And alike indeed was the consistence of all those parts of her body throughout, where the fullness of flesh compacts and constitutes all that fine firmness which the touch is so highly attached to. When he had thus largely pleased himself with this branch of dalliance and delight, he trussed up her petticoat and shift in a wisp to her waist, where being tucked in she stood fairly naked on every side. A blush at this overspread her lovely face, and her eyes downcast to the ground seemed to be for quarter, when she had so great a right to triumph in all the treasures of youth and beauty that she now so victoriously displayed. Her legs were perfectly well-shaped, and her thighs, which she kept pretty close, showed so white, so round, so substantial and abounding in firm flesh, that nothing could afford a stronger recommendation to the luxury of the touch which he accordingly did not fail to indulge in. Then gently removing her hand, which in the first emotion of natural modesty she had carried thither, he gave us rather a glimpse than a view of that soft narrow chink running its little length downwards, and hiding the remains of it between her thighs. But plain was to be seen the fringe of light brown curls in beauteous growth over it that had their silk gloss created a pleasing variety from the surrounding white, whose luster, too, their gentle embrowning shade considerably raised. Her spark then endeavored, as she stood, by disclosing her thighs to gain us a completer sight of that central charm of attraction, but not obtaining it so conveniently in that attitude. He led her to the foot of the couch, and bringing it to one of the pillows, gently inclined her head down, 
so that as she leaned with it over her crossed hands, straddling with her thighs widespread and jutting her body out, she presented a full-back view of her person, naked to her waist. Her posteriors, plump, smooth, and prominent, formed luxuriant tracks of animated snow that splendidly filled the eye till it was commanded down the parting or separation of those exquisitely white cliffs by their narrow veil, and was there stopped and attracted by the embowered bottom savity that terminated this beautiful vista and stood moderately gaping from the influence of her bended posture, so that the agreeable interior red of the sides of the orifice came into view and with respect to the white that dazzled round it, gave somewhat the idea of a pink slash in the glossiest white satin. Her gallant, who was a gentleman about thirty, somewhat inclined to a fatness that was in no sort displeasing, improving the hint thus tendered him of this mode of enjoyment after seeing her well in this posture, and encouraging her with kisses and caresses to stand him through, drew out his affair ready erected, and whose extreme length, rather disproportioned to its breadth, was the more surprising, as that excess is not often the case with those of his corpulent habit. Making then the right and direct application, he drove it up to the guard, whilst the round bulge of those Turkish beauties of hers, tallying with the hollow made with the bent of his belly and thighs as he curved inwards, brought all those parts, surely not undelightfully, into warm touch and close conjunction. His hands he kept passing round her body and employed in toying with her enchanting breasts. As soon, too, as she felt him at home as he could reach, she lifted her head a little from the pillow and turning her neck without much straining, but her cheeks glowing with the deepest scarlet and a smile of the tenderest satisfaction, met the kiss he pressed forward to give her as they were thus close joined together. When leaving him to pursue his delight, she hid again her face and blushes with her hands and pillow, and thus stood passively and as favorably too as she could, whilst he kept laying at her with repeated thrusts and making the meeting flesh on both sides resound again with the violence of them. Then ever as he beckoned from her, we could see between them part of his long white staff foamingly in motion, till, as he went on again and closed with her, the interposing hillocks took it out of sight. Sometimes he took his hands from the semi-globes of her bosom and transferred the pressure of them to those large ones, the present subjects of his soft blockade, which he squeezed, grasped, and played with, till at length, in pursuit of driving so hotly urged, brought on the height of the fit with such overpowering pleasure that his fair partner became now necessary to support him, panting, fainting, and dying as he discharged, which she no sooner felt the killing sweetness of than, unable to keep her legs and yielding to the mighty intoxication, she reeled and, falling forward on the couch, made it a necessity for him, if he would preserve the warm pleasure-hold, to fall upon her, where they perfected in a continued conjunction of body and ecstatic flow their scheme of joys for that time. As soon as he had disengaged, the charming Emily got up and we crowded round her with congratulations and other officious little services, for it is to be noted that though all modesty and reserve were banished from the transaction of these pleasures, good manners and politeness were involubly observed. There was no gross ribaldry, no offensive or rude behavior, or ungenerous reproaches to the girls for their compliance with the humors and desires of the men. On the contrary, Nothing was wanting to soothe, encourage, and soften the sense of their condition to them. 
Men know not, in general, how much they destroy of their own pleasure when they break through the respect and tenderness due to our sex, and even to those of it who live only by pleasing them. And this was a maxim perfectly well understood by these polite voluptuaries, these profound adepts in the great art and science of pleasure, who never showed these votaries of theirs a more tender respect than at the time of those exercises of their complacence, when they unlocked their treasures of concealed beauty and showed out in the pride of their native charms ever more touching surely than when they prayed it in the artificial ones of dress and ornament. The frolic was now come round to me, and it being my turn of subscription to the will and pleasure of my particular elect as well as to that of the company, he came to me, and saluting me very tenderly with a flattering eagerness, put me in mind of the compliances my presence there authorized the hopes of, and at the same time repeated to me that if all this force of example had not surmounted any repugnance I might have to concur with the humors and desires of the company, that though the play was bespoke for my benefit, and great as his own private disappointment might be, he would suffer anything sooner than be the instrument of imposing a disagreeable task. To this I answered without the least hesitation or mincing grimace, that had I not even contracted a kind of engagement to be at his disposal without the least reserve, the example of such agreeable companions would alone determine me, and that I was in no pain about anything but my appearing to so great a disadvantage after such superior beauties, and take notice that I thought as I spoke. The frankness of the answer pleased them all. My particular was complimented on his acquisition, and by way of indirect flattery to me, openly envied me. Mrs. Cole, by the way, could not have given me a greater mark of her regard than in managing for me the choice of this young gentleman for my master of the ceremonies. For independent of his noble birth and the great fortune he was heir to, his person was even uncommonly pleasing, well-shaped and tall, his face marked with a smallpox but no more than what added a grace of more manliness to features rather turned to softness and delicacy, was marvelously enlivened by eyes which were of the clearest sparkling black. In short, he was one whom any woman would, in the familiar style, readily call a very pretty fellow. I was now handed by him to the cockpit of our match, where, as I was dressed in nothing but a white morning gown, he vouchsafed to play the male Abigail on this occasion and spared me the confusion that would have attended the forwardness of undressing myself. My gown then was loosened in a trice, and I divested of it. My stays next offered an obstacle which readily gave way. Louisa very readily furnished a pair of scissors to cut the lace. Off went that shell, and dropping my upper coat, I was reduced to my under one and my shift, the open bosom of which gave the hands and eyes all the liberty they could wish. Here I imagined the stripping was to stop, but I reckoned short. My spark, at the desire of the rest, tenderly begged that I would not suffer the small remains of a covering to rob them of a full view of my whole person, and for me, who was too flexibly obsequious to dispute any point with them, and who considered the little more that remained as very immaterial, I readily assented to whatever he pleased in an instant. Then, 
My under-petticoat was untied and at my feet, and my shift drawn over my head, so that my cap slightly fastened came off with it and brought all my hair down, of which, be it again remembered without vanity, that I had a very fine head. In loose, disorderly ringlets, over my neck and shoulders, to the not unfavorable set-off of my skin. I now stood before my judges in all the truth of nature, to whom I could not appear a very disagreeable figure, if you please to recollect what I have before said of my person, which time, at certain periods of life, robs use every instant of our charms, had at that of mine then greatly improved into full and open bloom, for I wanted some months of eighteen. My breasts, which in the state of nudity are ever capital points, now in no more than in graceful plentitude, maintained a firmness and steady independence of any stay or support that dared and invited the test of the touch. Then I was as tall, as slim-shaped as could be consistent with all that juicy plumpness of flesh, ever the most grateful to the senses of sight and touch, which I owed to the health and youth of my constitution. I had not, however, so thoroughly renounced all innate shame as not to suffer great confusion at the state I saw myself in, but the whole troop round me, men and women, relieved me with every mark of applause and satisfaction, even flattering attention to raise and inspire me with even sentiments of pride on the figure I made, which my friend gallantly protested, infinitely outshone all other birthday finery whatever so that had I leave to set down, for sincere, all the compliments these connoisseurs overwhelmed me with upon this occasion, I might flatter myself with having passed my examination with the approbation of the learned. My friend, however, who for this time had alone the disposal of me, humored their curiosity, and perhaps his own, so far that he placed me in all the variety of postures and lights imaginable— pointing out every beauty under every aspect of it, not without such parentheses of kisses, such inflammatory briberies of his roving hands, as made all shame fly before them, and a blushing glow give place to a warmer one of desire, which led me even to find some relish in the present scene. But in this general survey you may be sure the most material spot of me was not excused the strictest visitation, nor was it but agreed that I had not the least reason to be diffident of passing even for a maid, on occasion, so inconsiderable a flaw had my preceding adventures created there, and so soon had the blemish of an overstretch been repaired and worn out at any age, and in my naturally small make in that part. Now, whether my partner had exhausted all the modes of regaling the touch or sight, or whether he was now ungovernably wound up to strike, I know not. But briskly throwing off his clothes, the prodigious heat bred by a close room, a great fire, numerous candles, and even the inflammatory warmth of these scenes, induced him to lay aside his shirt, too, when his breeches, before loosened, now gave up their contents to view, and showed in front the enemy I had to engage with, stiffly bearing up the port of its head unhooded and glowing red. Then I plainly saw what I had to trust to— it was one of those just true-sized instruments of which the masters have a better command than the more unwieldy, inordinate-sized ones are generally under. 
straining me then close to his bosom as he stood up forright against me and applying to the obvious niche its particular idol, he aimed at inserting it, which, as I forwardly favoured, he effected at once, by canting up my thighs over his naked hips and made me receive every inch and close home, so that, stuck upon the pleasure pivot, ad clinging round his neck, in which, and in his hair, I hid my face, burningly flushing with present feeling as much as with shame, my bosom glued to him. He carried me once round the couch, on which he then, without quitting the middle fastness or dischanneling, laid me down and began with pleasure grist. But so provokingly predisposed and primed as we were by all the moving sights of the night, our imagination was too much heated not to melt us of the soonest. And accordingly, I no sooner felt the warm spray darted up my innards from him, but I was punctually on flow to share the momentary ecstasy. But I had yet greater reason to boast of our harmony, for finding that all the flames of desire were not yet quenched within me, but that rather like wetted coals I glowed the fiercer for this sprinkling, my hot-metaled spark sympathizing with me and loaded for a double fire recontinued the sweet battery with undying vigor, greatly encouraged to accommodate all my motions to his best advantage and delight. Kisses, squeezes, tender murmurs all came into play, till our joys growing more turbulent and riotous threw us into a fond disorder and as they raged to a point bore us far from ourselves into an ocean of boundless pleasures into which we both plunged together in a transport of taste. Now all the impressions of burning desire from the lively scenes I had been spectatress of ripened the heat of this exercise, and collecting to a head throbbed and agitated me with insupportable irritations, I perfectly fevered and maddened with their excess— I bid not now enjoy a calm of reason enough to perceive, but I ecstatically, indeed, felt the power of such rare and exquisite provocatives as the examples of the night had provided toward thus exalting our pleasures, which, with great joy, I sensibly found my gallant shared in, by his nervous and home expressions of it, his eyes flashing eloquent flames, his action infuriated with the stings of it, all conspiring to raise my delight by assuring me of his. Lifted then to the utmost pitch of joy that human life can bear undestroyed by excess, I touched that sweetly critical point— whence, scarce prevented by the injection from my partner, I dissolved, and breaking out into a deep-drawn sigh, sent my whole sensitive soul down to that passage where escape was denied it, by its being so deliciously plugged and choked up. Thus we lay a few blissful instants, overpowered, still, and languid, till as the sense of pleasure stagnated, we recovered from our trance, and he slipped out of me, not, however, before he had protested his extreme satisfaction by the tenderest kiss and embrace, as well as by the most cordial expressions. The company, who had stood round us in a profound silence, when all was over, helped me to hurry on my clothes in an instant and complimented me on the sincere homage they could not escape observing had been done, as they termed it, to the sovereignty of my charms, in my receiving a double payment of tribute at one juncture. But my partner, now dressed again, 
signalized, above all, a fondness unabated by the circumstance of recent enjoyment. The girls, too, kissed and embraced me, assuring me that for that time or indeed any other unless I pleased, I was to go through no further public trials, and that I was now consummatedly initiated, and one of them. As it was an inviolable law for every gallant to keep his partner, for the night especially, and even till he relinquished possession over to the community, in order to preserve a pleasing property, and to avoid the disgusts and indelicacy of another arrangement, the company, after a short reflection of biscuits and wine, tea and chocolate, served in at now about one in the morning, broke up and went off in pairs. Mrs. Cole had prepared my spark and me, an occasion field bed to which we retired, and there ended the night in one continued strain of pleasure, sprightly and uncloyed enough for us not to have formed one wish for its ever knowing an end. In the morning, after a restorative breakfast in bed, he got up, and with very tender assurance of a particular regard for me, left me to the composure and refreshment of a sweet slumber, waking out of which and getting up to dress before Mrs. Cole should come in, I found in one of my pockets a purse of guineas which he had slipped there, and just as I was musing on a liberality I had certainly not expected, Mrs. Cole came in, to whom I immediately communicated the present, and naturally offered her whatever share she pleased, but assuring me that the gentleman had very nobly rewarded her, she would on no terms, no entreaties, no shape could I put it in, receive any part of it. Her denial, she observed, was no affectation of grimace, and proceeded to read me such admirable lessons on the economy of my person and my purse, as I became amply paid for my general attention and conformity to in the course of my acquaintance with the town. After which, changing the discourse, she fell on the pleasures of the preceding night, where I learned without much surprise as I began to enter on her character that she had seen everything that had passed from a convenient place managed solely for that purpose, and of which she readily made me the confidant. She had scarce finished this when the little troop of love-girls my companions broke in and renewed their compliments and caresses. I observed with pleasure that the fatigues and exercises of the night had not usurped in the least on the life of their complexion or the freshness of their bloom. This I found, by their confession, was owing to the management and advice of our rare directress. They went down then to figure it, as usual, in the shop, whilst I repaired to my lodging, where I employed myself till I returned to dinner at Mrs. Cole's. That's it for today's chapter, everyone. Thanks for coming along on the ride. If you enjoyed what you've heard, please consider supporting my channel. And as always, whatever platform you're listening on, just know that I deeply appreciate the time you spend with me here. Please don't forget to like and subscribe. See you next time.